Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'm going to be going to uh, Psalm 127 tonight. And just start there. We'll see if we go to some other scriptures. Probably will, most likely. But uh, we'll begin here in Psalm 127. And uh, boy, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Great presence of God tonight. Hallelujah. Um, I want to talk to you about this subject. Uh, and and, and listen to the title because it, it's what we're going to be talking about. So it's, you know, it's, once you get it. I want to talk to you about the vanity of worry. And you know, vanity means it's, it's vain, it's useless, there's no point. There's been times Phyllis has tried to tell me things and, you know, help me out, and then I don't listen, and she finally says, well, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, there's no point, no use. You're just not listening. And uh, so she realized it's vain, he's going to go ahead and do it anyway. And not sin, but, you know, usually it has something to do with what's in the cupboard at home. And, you know, she'll try to warn me, don't do that, don't, don't eat that. And Anyway, but how me know, we don't need to be doing vain things, right? 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 So, so let's look here in, in Psalm 127, the Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes in vain. In other words, if the, Lord, if the Lord's not involved, it, it, it's vain for you to you know, do anything because you're going to have to have His help. Amen. He said, it's vain, verse 2, it's vain for you to rise up early. Ooh, I like that verse. How many like that verse? Yeah. All right. How many say, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a verse for me. I'm going to put that on my refrigerator. Put that on my alarm clock, right? It's vain for me. It's vain for you to, but he's talking about in, in a certain way. He's not, yeah. It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. How I many know we're supposed to eat the bread of life? For so he gives his beloved sleep. In other words, the psalmist is saying, it's, you know, it's vain for you to worry. It's vain. Because if the Lord doesn't do anything, nothing's going to happen anyway. Right? And so it's vain for you to worry. You might as well just go to bed. Amen. I've done that before. You know, I, you know maybe this isn't real spiritual, but it's worked. You know, I've had the devil attack in my mind, harass me about something. I think I'm just going to bed. Yeah. I just go to bed and wake up and it's gone, you know. I just, I'm going to bed. Well, he, he, I mean, he gives his beloved sleep, right? Yeah. So it's vain. It's vain for, in other words, it's vain to worry because it doesn't do anything. Wow. All it does is mess with you. Yeah. Right? That's right? Amen. You know, uh, I forget how this went, but one minister said it like this one time. He said, worries, you know, it's like pulling uh, tomorrow's rain clouds over today's sunshine. We don't want to do that, right? You know, people worry about things. You know, a lot of things, it's like one guy said, he said, you know, I don't worry about things that I can fix, I just fix them. And I don't worry about things I can't fix because I can't fix them. So I don't worry. And so, you know, so well, you just don't have the problems I have, Pastor. Well, you know, the, the same God, I, we serve the same God, don't we? How I many you know it was vain for Peter to worry about the waves? Wasn't it? 
But he did. Because, I mean, if God doesn't help you, you can't walk on the water anyway, right? Whether there's waves or there's no waves, whether it's calm or it's stormy. If God doesn't help you, you're, it's vain. And the psalmist is saying it's vain. It's vain for us to worry because if unless the Lord builds a house, you're, you're laboring in vain. Amen. So we might as well go to bed. It's going to be a real deep message tonight, but I hope you get it. I hope you get it because, you know, uh, listen now. I'm telling you, you know, this is one of the, the tools the devil uses big time is to get people to worry about things. You know, and, and nothing's ever changed. Have you ever worried about things, Pastor? Well, yeah, I have, but it didn't help any. When they got done, well, that didn't, that didn't do any good. That didn't, that didn't change anything, you know. Yeah. Amen. I pray for people in prayer lines over worry, and then they get done. They say, I just don't know what I'm going to do. It's just worrying me to death. I think, well, you know, you're probably just going to be stuck with your problem because the Bible says we've got to cast our care over on the Lord, doesn't it? Yeah. And how many know if, if we cast it over, He's got it, we don't. Yeah. That's right. And if He's got it and we don't, then we don't need to pick it up. You know, we used to sing a song back in Pentecost years ago. And it was, the song went like this, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And, you know, we take our burdens to the Lord. I, I say we lightly. I learned pretty early not to do this. But we take our burdens to the Lord and then, yeah, when we got ready to leave the altar, go back. Mm-hmm. Amen. Pick them up and take them with us. But that's, that doesn't work. I mean, if they're in your hands, they're not in God's hands. The Lord said this to me. I will never forget. I was on Bell Road in Newburgh, Indiana, coming to the stoplight there. Uh, on the, to, to the expressway or 66, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the Lord spoke this to me. It, this was years ago. I've never forgot it. He said to, 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 to take the care of something is to be responsible for its outcome. Yeah. I thought, well, man, I don't want to be responsible for the outcome of much in my life. Amen. Amen. I, I, want, I want God's help. And so I just want to just, just for a few minutes here tonight, this may be a short service. I may have you out at 730, but don't count on it. All right, but I, I just feel I need to exhort you because worry, literally, did you know worry is part of the curse? When you read Deuteronomy 28, part of the curse was worry. Thank God Christ has redeemed us from that curse. Hallelujah. Worry is literally, uh, it can be defined like this, mental suffering. How many of you can suffer physically? You can have something physically wrong with your body and have mental, physical suffering. Well, you can have something wrong in your mind called worry. It's called it's mental suffering. It's, it punishes you. It, I mean, it's not good for you. Amen. It's not good for you. I, it's not good for you spiritually because the Bible says it chokes the word out. It's not good for you physically because it messes with your body. Amen. Have you ever noticed now, you know, I've just noticed this over the years. Uh, a lot of guys that men that take the presidency before they come out, their hair is gray because <laughs> of all that stress and all. Amen. Now, Ronald Reagan's was it, but he collared his. But anyway, but, you know, I mean, you look at Obama, you look at Bush, you know, and they went in there and, and, and Bill Clinton, of course, he caused most of his problems. But he, I don't know that he knew what was going on in the country. But anyway, uh, all right, we'll leave that alone. That was a cheap shot. But anyway. Y'all know what I'm, y'all are mature enough to know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, they, their, their hair changed because why? That's stress. You know, stress is a, you know, it, it, it's a real thing. And, uh, you know, worry and stress and, you know, care and all that, that's something we got to learn to cast on the Lord. And, and as this world, you know, gets more messed up, we believers got to, we got to know how to do this. 
Because it's, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to get better according to the Bible in the world. But it's going to get better for the church. Because we, we know how to, we know, we, we've served somebody that's, that can help us. Amen. So it's always, it's always good to know how to do this. And so we're going to talk about this tonight. And so, you know, we, we, have to, we have to realize that Jesus took that. He doesn't want us bearing that. He doesn't want us, he doesn't want us suffering that mental suffering of worry. The, the Lord paid the price, so we don't have to. But yet Christians do. How many know that? Christians do. But yet the Bible, the same Bible that tells you not to do certain things, it tells you not to worry. But it's acceptable. It's an acceptable sin. Well, I didn't know it was a sin. Well, I mean, if the Bible tells you not to do it, you shouldn't do it, right? Well, I can't help it. Well, no, the Bible never tells you to do something that you can't do. Now, you may have to have divine help, but that's available, right? And so, you know, the, you know people like, you know, they, they, know, they know certain things are wrong, but then worry, they think, well, that's, that's okay. You'll hear them talk about it, man. Believers talk about how they're worrying about this, worrying about that. A lady told me one time walking into the church, walking into the church, <laughs> a lady told me, she, she told me how she was worried about something. Or, I can't remember the exact conversation. It's been a few years back. But uh, we're walking in from the parking lot. And, uh, you know, I'm just talking with her. And she's telling me about how she's worried about this. And I talked to her about, you know, not worrying. I mean, you can't have a, like a seminar walking into the, from the parking lot. But we had a conversation, you know. And, I, and she said this to me. <laughs> Bless her heart. She said this to me, anybody that doesn't worry is crazy. I thought, you've been paying a lot of attention, haven't you? How many know, and I said to her, I said, no, people that worry go crazy. Amen. And so, you know, I hope she got it. But anyway, the point is, is it's unscriptural to worry. It's, un, it's unfruitful to worry. It, it's unhelpful to worry. It's unnecessary. Well, it doesn't do anything. Just like Peter. It, 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 Peter worrying about the waves, didn't, that's not going to change a thing. Either God helps you or he doesn't. Like the psalmist said, it's vain. It's vain for you to sit up late to worry. We're supposed to eat the bread of life. Now, that doesn't mean we're cavalier and we don't take responsibility. Don't misunderstand me. You know, we do our part, right? But we don't worry, right? You know, I mean, I've met people like that that, yeah, they are carefree, but they're also responsibility-free, too. That's not what the Bible's talking about. But it's talking about, it's talking about you know, if you, how many know if you got bills, you're responsible? How many know that? Yeah. Right. I'm going to say it again. If you got bills, you're responsible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right? But you're not supposed to worry about those bills. Nope. You're supposed to trust God to help you. Amen. You say, well, you know, I mean, I went out and I, I bought like 35 things I shouldn't have bought. Well, you should repent. And then ask God to help you. Why is it so quiet in here? Did anybody just go out and buy 35 things you shouldn't have bought? You, 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 want to, you know what I'm saying? People sometimes, you, have you know, you, sometimes as a pastor, you, you gotta, it's like you've got you to look in every corner and go bug hunting and everything else for people just to make sure they understand that you can't just be irresponsible. And, I, you know, like, hey, I'm going to live cavalier life, you know. No, how many know you got your part to do? I said you got your part to do. But God's got his part to do. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Go there. Matthew chapter 6. I just didn't want you to go out and buy a bunch of stuff and tell them, you know, pastor, I'm just supposed to trust God. 
Well, no, you're supposed to count your money and see if you can afford it. And if you can't afford it, then talk to God about helping you. Is that good enough? He'll help you if you really, if it's something you need, right? How many know he'll help you, right? I mean, he'll help you get stuff. Uh, and and uh, let's go to Matthew 6 and verse uh, 24. The Bible says, No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and he'll love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon, mammon being the riches or money or the, you know, the material system of this world. You could call it a lot of things. He says, Therefore I say unto you, t- take no thought. That literally means don't worry for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat or food, and the body more than raiment or clothing? So how I many there's more to life than just eating good? Even Pastor Jerry said amen. There's more to life than eating, right? There's more to life than wearing designer clothes. There's more to life than that. And so uh, life's bigger than that. Amen? In other words, listen, what Jesus is saying is those are such small things, they shouldn't occupy your time. And when when it does, you're literally serving that. If you're worrying about things, if you're worrying about your life, and, you know, and when he talks about you know, food and clothing, he's talking about the necessities of life, right? You know, how many know we need a little bit more than that, right? And so, he, 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 but he's talking about, he's using that and talking about the necessities of life that, you know, we're not supposed to worry about that. And if we're worrying about that, we're actually, in, in a sense, we're serving it because that's what's on our mind. But he went on to say this, he said, uh, Behold the fowls of the air, uh, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? See, he said, the birds they don't even do anything, and yet they're taken care of. Anybody seen a skinny robin lately? No, they're all fat. And they eat all the time. I don't know if you ever watched birds. That's about all they do. Fly around, look for something to eat. Hallelujah. Sounds like a good life, doesn't it? Anyway, now, he says, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, you know, 18 inches. You can't, make, you can't even make yourself any taller by worrying. And if you could, I would. Can you imagine if I was 18 inches tall? I'd be seven foot something. Praise God. He says, and why, and verse 22, 28, why take you thought for raiment or clothing Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So, so he's saying, look, man, the lilies, were, they had more glory than Solomon. They had more glory than Solomon had. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? I mean, if, you're, if your thoughts, if you're worried about life, you're of little faith. Right? And, he's ta- and I want to say it again. He's not just talking about food and clothing. No, he's talking about the necessities, the basics of life, man, the things of life. You don't have to worry about them uh, because God's going to take care of you, right? right? Now, I'm going to show you something here. There's something that, that you need to know about that. But he, he said, uh, oh, you of little faith. Uh, well, how many know the grass? How, know- how many know like the grass? How many know when you mow the grass? Guess what happens? It grows back, doesn't it? Right? And so, 
how many know when sometimes you're, you know, you, things, you mow your life, you know, you, you pay your bills, and you should just expect that it's going to grow back. It's going to grow back. Amen. And uh, th- therefore, take no thought, verse 31, saying, or don't worry, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So the world's seeking after these things. But, you're, but here's what you're to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So see, our job here, listen, our job is to put God first. If we put God first, then all this works. You say, well, my needs aren't being supplied. Well, are you putting God first? He said, seek first the kingdom of God, and then this will work for you. You got to put God first. Amen. Amen. Now, how many know you can't just say, I put God first? How many know you got to actually do that? Amen. Man, his, his things, his kingdom comes first, right? Right? So, so, so that's real important to this verse and to this, you know, your needs being met, your natural supply coming. You got to put God first. You put him first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness. He'll add all these things to you. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Therefore, take no thought, or don't worry, for the morrow, for the, for the morrow sh- uh, shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day's evil thereof. In other words, look, hey, why are you worrying about tomorrow? Just deal with today. Right? Don't be thinking about, don't be, that doesn't mean don't plan for tomorrow. So you have to explain this where people think, well, I don't have to even plan. No, he didn't say don't plan. He said don't worry about it. Now, Jesus' commentary on worry was this, don't do it. That's it. Just don't do it. I mean, if he said don't do it, we probably shouldn't do it. It's bad for us. Isn't that right? How many think he knows more than we do? How many think that you know more than your kids do, at least most of the time? And so you tell them things not to do right, because you know it's bad for them, isn't it? You know, I remember growing up as a kid, I did things. My, my parents told me, you don't, don't do that. And as I got, you know, as you get a little older, you find out there's reasons why you don't do that, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I remember one time, I, 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 they used to have, I don't know if they still make these things or not, but they used to have children's aspirin. They were called St. Joseph. They still make those? And they were little pink-looking pills in, in that day, and they had a great flavor to them. And I liked them. And so one day, I got the whole bottle out of the, the medicine cabinet, you know, and put them in my back pocket, and got on my tricycle, and took off. You know, I was doing drugs back then. It was already the seeds were being sown. And my mom saw that. Man, I mean, she, she let me have what for you know, when she saw that sticking out of my back pocket, you know, that, that bottle of pills sticking out, I was popping pills at four years old on my trike. <laughs> she jerked out. Now, why did she do that? Because, I mean, no, she knew something I didn't know. That was going to hurt me. Amen. And along the, along, the, along the years, I would do things, and, and mom or dad would, like, correct that, you know, and all they're doing is trying to keep me from hurting myself. So when Jesus, Jesus is really trying to renew his disciples' minds here. See, your mind just naturally is, is geared to worry. That's the way the world does it. They're worried about it. You know, the, once they get one thing solved, they got the next thing on the horizon to worry about. And the news media will feed it to you 24-7, right? Once they get one, you know, disease conquered, then they got another one coming up, 
All right? So it's just constant worry, 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 worry. And, our, and we're trained that way, and we're raised that way, and we have to renew our minds that we have somebody that takes care of that part of our life. Amen. We have a Heavenly Father who said, Casting all your care upon me, for I care for you. So we actually have some divine help. We don't have to worry about it. Amen. We can cast it over on Him. Now, how many know sometimes it takes some casting? But you got to do it, right? And get it up there once and for all over on Him. Amen. You know, and when you get it in His hands, it's amazing how He can, how he can work things out. I, I remember, I've told you a story before, but it's a true story. You know, when we, in our beginning days, you know, we, we leased a building, you know, in uh, Newburgh. And that building got sold to uh, uh, Walgreens. And so we had to get out of it, you know. And so then we went to the Bible college for about a year. And the Bible college had told me when we, when we took that place, they said now, and, and they gave me a date in a certain, certain time, you'll have to get out because we're going to be doing remodeling of this. It, it was like a new facility, but they were going to change the way they were doing school and refigure the place. So it, wasn't, it, was, like a, it was like a new, new place, but they were going to redo it. And so he told me that, and so I forgot. I forgot all about it. And so about two weeks from the time we were supposed to be out, he calls me and says, now you do remember that we said you had to be out by a certain date. And I said, no, I don't remember you telling me that. And so I get home and tell my wife, and she says, oh, yeah, he told us that. Well, thanks a lot for not telling me like two months ago, three months ago, six months ago. And, uh, but anyway, it was my fault. I take the responsibility for it. So now I've got two weeks to find a building. And I'm telling you, the night times, the devil... He, he came at me with worry. He said, man, look what, I mean, what a pastor you are. You're going to have your church out on the street in two weeks. And I had, to, I had to cast it over on the Lord. And I cast it over on the Lord. You know what? It came back. <laughs> I had to cast it again and cast it again. I finally got, because it was, it, was, it was still in my sleep, robbing my sleep, thinking about it. I mean, I was out beating the bushes and hunting. Don't misunderstand me. But I cast it over on the Lord, and I finally got it stuck over on the Lord. And a week before we were supposed to be out, we found a place. It worked great. But, you know, if, if I'd have kept it, we'd be out on the street today. <laughs> no, I'm sure the Lord would help us sometimes. But come on, are you all with me? Amen. So, so you, have, you have to sometimes just casting your care on the Lord. You, you, how many know sometimes you, 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 if you can do it once and it sticks, then great. But if not, you've you got to do it till it sticks. Right. you got to do it till it sticks. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And fight that good fight of faith. Amen. All right. Now, so we have to renew our mind. How I many know renewing your mind, you got to renew your mind not to worry. You got to have safe thinking. Amen. All right. Now, now let's look at, uh, I just want to look at a couple more things here and uh, we'll be done. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we, no, let's do, let's, let's go to, I'm trying to think here. Where do I want to go? Let's go to, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 10. Go there. Luke chapter 10. Luke 10th chapter. Got it? it. All right, go to verse 38. And this this is a story of Jesus and, you know, Martha and Mary. We've read it before, but let's read it again. He says in verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman uh, named Martha received him into her house, 
And she had a, a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, this is Martha and Mary, Lazarus' sisters. And so, you know, they're pretty thankful uh, to Jesus for getting their brother up after he'd been dead for four days. So he's at their house, him and his disciples, and uh, Martha's fixing for him. And Martha, the King James says, she was cumbered about much serving or distracted uh, and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about how many things? Many, many things. So th this girl didn't just have one problem. She had many problems. And Jesus knew it because he knew her, didn't he? So he knew her. He knew her personally, you know, uh, from their, you know, from uh, their friendship with her and Mary and her brother Lazarus. They were friends, and so he knows she she's careful and troubled about many things. And you know, <laughs> here's the thing: today there are many things going on, many things. Amen. I, I you know I I wrote an article here a while back, maybe a year or two ago. About this, you know, I remember when uh, 24-hour news uh, began. It was with CNN. And they, you know, they had their newscast, but then they went 24 hours, and we were all in awe. Wow, 24-hour news, isn't that awesome? And after, it ha after living with it, I found out, you know what? It's not awesome. It's terrible. 24-hour, who needs bad news 24 hours a day? And so, you know, I thought, well, okay, that wasn't so great after all. You know, we thought it was great, but that was before I saved. But after I got saved, I thought, man, who needs that? So uh, there's many things, you know, like today, you know. I mean, you know, when you, you just got so many things that are going on, uh, and you can be troubled about them. But, uh, but look at this, verse 42. But he said, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen. Look at that. How many know you got to choose? Mary's chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And, and so what's he talking about? Well, Mary, Mary chose the word. How many of you can either choose the word or you can choose worry? It's up to you, whatever you want to choose. But how many of you choose the word? The word's got promises, doesn't it? Word promises us things. Uh, Peter talked about precious promises. And so you can either choose worry or you can choose the word, but you can't have both. And so when we face things in life, we can either choose to believe the promises or just worry about it. But guess what? Worry is vain. It doesn't produce anything except mess you up. You ever met people that are, you know, we, we used to call them worry warts. Anybody ever met people like that? They're, Brother Hagin used to say they were champion. His, his family was champion professional warriors, you know, and all. Well, you know, what does that do? Well, all it does is mess them up. Amen. And it messes their body up. It messes their spiritual life up. It, like I said, Jesus said, it, 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 it chokes the Word of God out in their life. So it's not something that we, you know, that it's contraband for us Christians. We shouldn't have it. How many of you get pulled over? You got contraband, you're, you're busted. Isn't that right? Don't look like you all lived innocent lives. You all haven't been Christians all your life. Some, some of you all had some contraband in your vehicle before. 
Okay, you're all acting like real holy. No, what do you mean contraband? I'm talking about illegal stuff, you know. And uh, well, I mean, you, know, you get you get in trouble for that, don't you? Well, this worries contraband to our spiritual life. It it will get us in trouble, and we we've got to got to learn to cast that care of that over on the Lord. Well, that's not easy, Pastor. Well, you know, uh, not everything is easy, but it's doable. I said it's doable, and it gets easier as you do it. It gets easier. Amen. People think, well, aren't you worried about that? It's like Brother Hagin said one time, his wife said, I believe that if me and the kids fell dead, you wouldn't worry about it. He said, well, what would be the use then? She didn't like that very well. But anyway, but he's right. What's the point of worrying? You're already gone, you know. And so there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing good comes out of worry. Look at this in Hebrews, and this is our last scripture tonight. Hebrews chapter 4, and uh, we'll close here. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. How many are not going to worry? <laughs> or maybe you might say, I'm going to work on it. <laughs> well, how many know it's not something that you, never, you can never stop working on? You have to, you have to, it's something you, you have to fight to fight faith in this area because the devil will try to get you in the worry and the fear because those are forces that. He operates on. And so if he can get you into that, then he can get you over into his turf. And when you get on his turf, how many know he can beat you on his turf? But if you keep him in the arena of faith, you can beat him. Amen. Amen. I watched, I haven't really watched him, but I've, heard, I've read about him. I think I saw one one time. Uh, these, I don't know what they call them crossover fights or something. I, I can't remember what they are, but it's like where a wrestling guy takes on a boxing guy. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I, I may say, I think I saw one one time, you know. But, well, you got the guy that, he, you know, he's an MMA fighter, and then you got the boxer, and so they put him in the ring. They're going to fight one another, and the boxer, and they're going to they're gonna use Kingsbury rules. They're going to use boxing rules. So, so. It never does work out for the MMA fighter because he's not in his arena. You know, I watched one one time, you know, it, it was years ago, uh, trying to think who it was. Uh, oh, gosh, he's a real famous boxer. Floyd Mayweather and a uh, real famous MMA guy. Somebody help me out. Conor McGregor. And they were going to box, you know. And I already knew the outcome of this. This is not going to go well for Conor McGregor because he can't, you know, he can't do his thing. He's over in he's over in he's over in, in uh, the boxing territory. Are you following me? And so he lost, which I knew he would. But I was thinking as I was watching this fight, I was thinking now if we change the rules here and we let Conor McGregor do his thing, yeah. uh, Floyd Mayweather lasted maybe three minutes at the most, and he'd have him out. If he do. see the same thing's true with the devil. If you get over here in his arena. Man, he is a master in that arena. You get over there in fear, you get over there in worry, you get over there in, in doubt and unbelief, he'll, 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 he'll box your jaws. But if you keep him in the arena of faith, he, he can't win there. Hallelujah. He can't win there. So if you stay in the arena of faith, you're going to beat him. Now, he'll try to talk you into getting over in his arena because he knows he can't beat you over here. So he'll tell you, you know, you better worry and, you better, you, better, you better be afraid. Are you listening now? Because he wants to get you back over here where he can beat you. 
get you out of faith, get you over back in here in his arena, and then he'll beat you there. But if you just stay with what, what you're supposed to say with see, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You just stay with what you're supposed to do. You just stay in this area where Jesus said, don't worry. Cast your care over on the Lord. If you do that, you're going to beat him. But you can't beat him in his arena. He'll beat you there. Amen. That's why the Bible says flee certain things. Because if you don't flee it, you get over there in it, the devil will beat you. Amen. He doesn't have any authority over you, but he'll, he'll take what you give him. Amen. You know, and so he, he can't beat you if you stay in the arena of faith. I like that. Hallelujah. And, that, and, and that's something you got to remember. If I stay in faith, the devil can't beat me. Well, anyway, let's read our scripture because basically that's what the scripture says. In uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter in my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now, he's, you know, he's, this is, has reference back to the children of Israel, that if they had just entered into God's rest and believed what he said, well, then, they, they, you know, if they had just believed, they could have entered into God's rest. See? Because he'd already set it up for them to win. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Well, how do you know Jesus Christ has already set it up for us to win? The works are already finished. It's already a done deal. He said it's finished, didn't he? he? It's finished. It's already a done deal. Now, all we have to do is do what the Bible said here is uh, it, we which believe we enter into rest. Hallelujah. You know, I, I like the way the book of Proverbs talks about it. The book of Proverbs says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. How many of our understanding isn't enough? It's just not enough. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But it all comes back to we got to trust in the Lord with all our heart. What does this mean? What does it mean enter it to, to enter into his rest? I mean, we which have believed. What does it mean? Well, it means we believe God's going to work the things out. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to work it out. And I've seen him do it in ways, you know. I mean, how he does it doesn't matter. Does it? Right? I mean, if you, you know, if you need your yard mowed, and I'll say, well, hey, I'll mow your yard for it. Well, and you say, well, how are you going to do it? Well, what's it matter? Right? You know, I had a guy mow my yard here a while back, you know, and just one time, he just happened to do it one time. I need him to do it for me. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he said, well, how do you want me to do it? You want me to, you want me to push mow it or you want me to ride? I said, I don't care how you do it. Just do it. I didn't say it mean like that, like I said to you. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I just said, you know, I don't matter, because he said, some people want me to use a push more. I said, I don't care what you do. If I were you, I'd use my rider. Yeah. I don't care how, just mow it. See, I don't care how God does it. I just trust him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of trying to tell him how to do it, how many just let him do it? Or sometimes we get in our mind on how he's going to do it. Yeah. And I've seen him do things. I wouldn't, it's not the way I would have done it. Not the way I would have thought he would have done it. But God's got his ways. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, look at the Bible. I mean, some of the ways God did things, they were just, they were unique. I mean, you know, remember the guy lost his axe head in the water? And he told the prophet, and the prophet said, threw a stick in the water and it floated. Yeah, came to the top. 
Amen. Well, I mean, no. Uh, that's kind of an unusual way to do it, isn't it? <coughs> Amen. But that's the way God wanted to do it that time, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to throw your, a stick in the water and all the axe heads are going to float. But they did that day because that's what God said, right? You know, God said, go. You know, Jesus one time, he spit on a guy. He spit, touched his tongue, put mud in one guy's eye. I wouldn't do that unless the Lord told you to do that. But if he said do it, how I many know that it works? Right? So sometimes he has unusual ways. Amen. I think one of the most unusual, I thought it was unusual. Maybe it wasn't all that unusual. You know, but one time we were needing some, really needing some money in our ministry. And we got, you know, and God said to sow a certain amount of money. And we did it, you know, and it was a large amount of money for us. And we needed money and didn't need to be, you know, in the natural didn't need to be getting rid of any money. And, uh, you know, I mean, I had like clamped down, like you buy a pencil, you're in trouble. You know, so we put the clamps on and the Lord said, I want you to give this money away to this ministry. And, and it was the Lord. I mean, I, you know, I, mean I, I didn't make it up. I wouldn't have made it up. Believe me. I wasn't looking to give money away. I was looking to get money. But the Lord just spoke it to me. I mean, just plain as could be. I want you to sow. And he gave me the amount. It was a large number. And then we, we got a blessing from Alaska, a check from Alaska. I'm not, I mean, it's not like people in Alaska don't have money. But it was just unusual. It was like, Alaska? I mean, maybe Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio. God forbid, maybe even Michigan. But, that's from all my Michigan friends. Uh, but, but, but from Alaska, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. But God knows, what, God knows people all over the earth. How many know that? Doesn't he? He knows people in China. He knows people in, in uh, Pike County. Hallelujah. He knew me. I was where I was from. So how I many you know God knows God knows ways and he's got ways of doing so. So all our, our part is just to trust him, to believe him, don't worry about it, because when we worry about it, we take it out of his hands, it's back in our hands, we're responsible. I just don't want to be responsible. Amen. I mean there's things that I can fix, but there's things I can't fix. Amen. And so there's certain things, you know, I've tried to fix before in the natural. And I can fix a lot of things. I'm a pretty handy guy. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm pretty handy. I can fix a lot of things. Uh, I got that from my dad. Uh, and, well, part of it, part of it just, you know, through life. Uh, but there are certain things I don't, I don't want to mess with. You know, I, don't, I remember one time our microwave quit. This was back in the 1980s. Our microwave quit. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm like, well, you know, I might as well take it apart see what's wrong with it and uh i got the back cover off of it and that's as far as i could get and i thought well okay i'll put the cover back on and it, and it started working so i could fix a lot of things my uh, god is my witness 20 years later that thing was still working hallelujah so i i realized i have an anointing for microwaves so you need your microwave fixed i'll take the cover off of it for you but that's all i knew that's all i knew to do once i was like well i don't know what to do here you know amen but god knows how to fix things Amen. And he's the master fixer. Hallelujah. And so, and he said, now listen, this is real important that we get this. He's the one that said, don't worry about your life. Not some preacher. He said it. Don't worry about your life. I take care of the, I, I clothe the grass, of the, the, the fields with grass. 
I clothe the lilies, I feed the birds, I'll take care of you. All I ask you to do, now listen, this is real important. All I ask you to do is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'll take care of everything else. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome. Did you get something out of this tonight? Yeah, it wasn't real deep, but I'll tell you what. This is really, really, really a big problem for a lot of people. A lot of people, you know. And you never outgrow working on this. Because the, the devil will always try to prevent, always try to present worry to you to get you to take it. And you have to turn it down. Not going to worry about it. Amen. I'll close with this story. Wigglesworth, you know Wigglesworth, right? Smith Wigglesworth, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I read, a, I think it was, Doc, I think it was Pastor Stormont was telling this story. He said, you know, Wigglesworth had a meeting in a hotel room. And he rented this hotel room and, you know, and the money didn't come in to pay for it, you know. And so uh, they, he didn't have the money to pay for the room. And so the guy at the hotel brought him to Bill and said, what are you going to do about this? And Wigglesworth said, nothing. Threw it down on the floor. That's not the way I would have done it, but that was Wigglesworth's way. Threw it down on the floor and said, God will take care of it. And he would not carry the care of that. And, and Pastor Stormont said, yeah, the money came in. I mean, like within a short period of time to pay for the whole thing. But if he'd have taken the care of that, it had been his responsibility. I don't want that, do you? I don't want to be responsible for things. I want God to be responsible for my life. Let's all stand up. Thank God for the Word of God. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.